Hey, welcome to the Mindwalker Method. I'm your host, Tony Wake, and today is confession time. Yay! What am I gonna confess to you? I am gonna confess some of my personal shortcomings, a change that I've gone through lately, some personal experiences, specifically to victim mentality and limited thinking, and how the limited thinking went into limiting behavior and the detrimental effects that that had. So let's get sharing and let's explain more about the victim mentality, how you can overcome it, and please folks, learn from my mistakes. Why am I telling this to you? Just to prove to you that even though, for those of us who are in the self-development field and the human potential movement, we don't always have our shit together. Just like a mechanic sometimes drives around in a broken down old jalopy that's clunkety clunkety down the street, so let's look at victim mentality and how you can overcome it in three simple, easy steps. So it was December 2020. It was the end of the year. Everybody, including myself, looked forward to let's just lock this off and, and shut it away. It's the end of 2020. Next year, 2021, is a new year, it's new beginnings, it's a fresh start. Let's just give it our all and go into it. And boy, what a fresh new start it was. Not only did I move into a new place recently, but I also had the wonderful experience of falling head over heels and completely in love. Now here's the thing with falling in love. If you've ever fallen head over heels in love, the whole thing of it's not just the butterflies, it's the ache in the heart and it's the complete head over heels and you can't sleep, you can't eat, you just miss the person so much and life is just outrageously joyful when you're with them and so painful when you're not and that whole experience, I'm sure a lot of you have gone through it, that is what I'm talking about. But now the thing with falling that much in love, it brings a lot of underlying belief systems to the surface. And why does that occur? Because we have a, a support system, we have a, a comfort zone that we live in. And your mind operates within that comfort zone because it's what it's used to. By being used to everything and all that's occurring within the comfort zone, you feel that you are in control. You know what to do, you know how to do it, you know how to behave because you're getting similar results. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you keep getting what you've been getting and that way the brain, your conscious mind, behaves in a way to get similar results to help you survive. So it's just the way your neurology is wired. But now here's the thing, love does not follow logical rules. Ask anybody who's ever been in love, if you're truly in love, you are not thinking logically. You're overly emotional. There's so many emotions running through you. It's this chemical cocktail that's going on and it's just flooding your body with natural drugs. You are drugged most of the time, biologically. So by being drugged, you're not thinking logically, which means your control mechanisms, that, that comfort zone that there was, has absolutely gone to complete shit. It's not there. You are operating so far outside of it that you don't even know where you begin and you end. So here's what occurred with me. 
yes, overly in love, completely head over heels. And then with this joy that's coming up, emotions that I wasn't even aware of, thoughts and ideas and belief systems that I wasn't even aware of was there, started bubbling to the surface. Ideas and belief systems of insecurities. Ooh, I love this person so much. Am I good enough for them? Do I even deserve this, what I'm experiencing now? Maybe I should be better than what I am because then it means I can get even more. Speaking like a pure drug addict, right? I mean, come on. Taking all these insecurities that I started feeling, what do 99% of us do the moment we experience emotions like that? We begin to project them onto the other person. Why? Because we don't want to take responsibility for that stuff. It's the other person's fault, right? They're making us feel the specific way. Which by the way, no one can make you feel anything. You're the one making yourself feel that way. Note to Tony. Tony, are you taking notes? So we're making ourselves feel that way. And by making ourselves feel that way, projecting the emotions onto the other person, we begin to behave in ways to support the underlying belief system. How does that occur? Well, we start with a belief system. It might be a positive, helpful belief system. It might be a limiting belief system. Either way, there's a belief system. The belief system gives way for certain emotions because now that you believe something specific, you feel a specific way about that, don't you? This is how I feel about it. And by feeling this way about it, this is how I then behave. Based on the emotions, you're behaving a specific way. And if you're feeling a specific way, you're behaving in conjunction with those feelings. And that then feeds back into the belief system. You are creating the self-fulfilling prophecy of belief versus behavior. You will not behave in a manner that contradicts your initial belief system. It just doesn't happen. There was this belief system of insecurity, of not being good enough, of undervaluing myself. That gave way to feelings of more insecurity, of wanting to be more, of wanting to show that I'm more than what I think I am. And then the behavior that went with that is the behavior of neediness. Not very attractive. Trust me, it's not. It's just, just, just don't, all right? Just don't. So the neediness came in. And with the neediness behavior, it was the whole thing of, do you really love me? Is everything okay? Is there anything I can do more of? Is, is there anything more that I can do for you? And that neediness projection that, you, that I started portraying, that just kind of broke the passion down. And needless to say, not only did it piss her off, but it also kind of limited the interaction that there was. Now what happened? The behavior supported the belief. Ah, I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew that there, there wasn't enough to me to, to give what I want and, and attract more of what I want in life, etc., etc. And then how do I feel about that? Now you begin to feel depressed, you begin to feel down in the dumps, you start breaking it down more, you behave based on those emotions, which supports the belief, and that's how it continues on and on and on. But now here's what we do to ourselves. And let me get serious for just a moment. It's all been fun and games up to this point. Limiting belief systems creates painful emotions and painful emotions creates behavior that not only breaks yourself down, but it harms those who you truly love. By harming those you truly love, it feeds back into a, a belief system of you're not good enough. And now you begin the blame game. You begin to go into the, the woe is me. You're blaming yourself and you're feeling even worse 
which gives way to more depression and that's just a downward spiral that I see many of clients that I work with go through. Harming those that we love, not deliberately, not because we go out of our way to harm them, but indirectly, unconsciously, behaving in ways that push those that we love away from us. That is where most of our hurt come from. Anger, frustration, heartache, depression, all of those dark emotions comes from limiting beliefs. But now that's all great understanding where it comes from. Does it mean that it hurts less? No, it doesn't. How do we go about taking those hurtful behaviors and emotions and breaking them down, turning black back the clock, so to speak? Well, it's a good thing I know the brain as well as I do. It's a good thing I know human behavior as well as I do. Otherwise, I would have still been in a severely depressed downward spiral into oblivion. This is how you change it. You begin to look at the limiting belief and you begin to dismantle that thing. Question it. Is this really true? If this is true, where are contradictions to it? Where are there ways that I am good enough? How did I behave to attract this person into my life in the first place? How did I speak? What did I do? What did I think? What was my tonality? How did I breathe? How did I hold my body? What was my posture like? What did I discuss? What was going on in my head? All of those things are you bringing back into your attention span, into your focus point, helpful belief systems. Because let's face it, if I attracted this beautiful girl into my life in the first place, it means I'm capable of doing it. It means the, the capability is there, which means I have the knowledge of doing it, which makes me good enough in the first place. And by being good enough in the first place, that means it can overshadow this limiting bullshit belief system that started coming to the surface that created the insecurities. So break those insecurities down. Question them over and over. It doesn't matter what belief system you have that's keeping you down and keeping you locked in. Break that up. Question it. Question it over and over until it loses its grip on you. Is this true? If it's not true, then, then what is true? I am good enough. How do I know I'm good enough? Because of this and that, and you look for supporting belief systems to support that. Once the limiting belief system starts unraveling and losing its grip on you, begin to look at your emotions. If I am good enough, how do I feel? If I feel good enough, then how do I speak to myself? What do I say inside my head? How do I breathe? How do I hold my posture? All of those things. Now you begin to bring your physiology into play because breathing alters physiology. It also alters your thinking. It alters your, your chemical state that you're in. Based on those emotions, energy in motion, you begin to behave in a specific way in line with those emotions. So now if I behave in this way, what is it proving to the, to the belief system that I've changed? If I'm believing something better and it's supporting me instead of limiting me and I have all these emotions that then give me more of a feeling of validity and worthiness and empowerment and strength and positivity and I behave in a way that's positive and empowering and confident, what is it doing to prove to the belief system that I am actually confident? I actually know my worth. I'm actually better than what I thought I was to begin with. Now that becomes an upward spiral that you all of a sudden start going into in order to become more of what you choose to be, to propel you towards where you want to go instead of taking you away from where you want to be. 
So in my case, yes, I started breaking down those limiting belief systems. I started focusing on how can I feel better? I started taking those emotions and I started behaving differently. And then from those behaviors, it started supporting the initial beliefs of I am worthy, I am good enough, I do have my shit together. And it started building it up like that. A very important point that I also want to bring across though, you need to understand where your focus lies. You need to understand where am I putting my value? Am I putting my value on someone else's opinion of me, on their feedback to me, or am I looking inwards? Am I looking towards myself and where I feel my value is? Am I looking towards me and I know how worthy I am and how valuable I am? Because let's face it, we cannot decide for other people what they feel, what they experience. That's all on them. That, that is how they feel that they're interacting with the world around them. So even though I've gone through this whole experience and I've altered myself so much, I shouldn't be looking at how she reacts to my new changed state. I should be looking at, I know my value, I know my worth. This is where my focus is, regardless of the feedback that I get. And let's face it, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes there are these, these feelings and these emotions of, but I want that connection. I want that feedback. I want these emotions that I so, so need and crave and looking for. I mean, we're all human. Human connection and love is one of the six human fundamental psychological needs that we have. So if we don't get that interaction, that love, that connection, there's a big gap in our lives. But regardless of that, your initial love and connection needs to come from within, either to yourself or if you're religious and you're spiritual, from God. Know that God loves you. Know that He is there and, and He is with you. And that love, that connection is there that you don't need it from elsewhere as long as you have it from within. There is immediate connection if you choose it to be so. So that's where mine came from. I immediately connected, I went back to source, so to speak, I went back to the originator of love, and I made my, my pact with him, I made my promise with him, and I went through a whole two weeks worth of painful experiences to rid myself of these emotions. And I reconnected, and it was a thing of, I have love. No matter where I go, no matter who I interact with, no matter what people I surround myself with, God is there. And he loves me, regardless of what other people say or do, regardless of their attitude towards me. This is the love that I have permanently, forever, no matter where I go, this is what I have. So taking that, imagine what that does to the emotions. Imagine what those emotions do to the behavior. Imagine how I behave around people now. And based on that behavior, imagine what it's doing to the underlying belief system. So take any belief that you currently have, any belief that is not serving you, it might be a belief of you're not good enough. It might be a belief of you're not attractive enough. It might be a belief of you don't have enough money or that you don't have a good standing in your community or that you don't have enough authority or that people don't find you interesting or whatever it might be. Any limiting belief that is not serving you and begin to question it. Is this true? And if you find yourself saying, yes, it's true, where were instances when it was not true? Where did someone find me attractive? Where did someone find me interesting? When was a time when I did have enough finances? When was a time when I did have enough influence? Where was a time when I wasn't alone? Where was a time when I was good enough? Look at those situations 
the contrary to the limiting belief and start bringing those in. Because the moment that there's a contrary belief to the limiting one, that limiting one loses its power over you because now there's a contradiction to prove this one incorrect. And once you bring those in, once you realize that there are times when you were good enough, when you were pretty enough, when you were rich enough, when you did have all the attention and thus forth, focus on those and ask yourself, okay, how did I feel? In those situations, how did I feel? What did I do with my body? How was I breathing? How was I interacting? What was I thinking? What was I saying to myself? How was I saying to myself? How was I speaking to other people? What was I doing with my hands, with my facial expressions, all of those things, and then begin to behave in a similar manner. Begin to reenact it. Begin to behave in that way. Begin to have those facial expressions. Breathe in that way. Change your body. Surround yourself with better and different people. And then watch what happens to the belief system when you do that. Now you're creating this new upward spiral. You're changing your reality. You are changing your reality, which means it's not anymore out there of, oh, I'm at the mercy of what's happening to me and always me and I'm the victim and more, more, more. Now it's a thing of I'm taking control of my belief systems. I'm taking control of my emotions. I'm behaving in a way that I choose to. I have a champion mentality instead of a victim mentality. And once I choose to behave this way and I'm supporting this new empowering belief system, I am creating this new reality for myself. So now when you're creating that, there are three things that you need to focus on. Three things that you can use to change any behavior. You can either change one or you can change all three. The more change you make, the more drastic and rapid the change becomes. Number one, change your physiology. What am I doing with my body? How am I sitting? How am I behaving? How am I breathing? What am I doing with my facial expressions? What am I doing with my posture? How am I leaning? How am I moving? Am I moving slow, fast? Pay attention to your body and start changing your physiology. It's the quickest that you're gonna start changing your behavior. Number two, start paying attention to your language. What are you saying to yourself? How are you saying it to yourself? If I am excited, then I'm speaking in an excited tone in my head. I'm not excited and yay and woohoo and now everything is great and that is incongruency. Notice how you're speaking to yourself and notice what you are saying. All the limiting language that you're using, I can't and I don't know how and it's impossible and woe weighs me and poor me and shame and all of those bullshit language that we use, cut that out. Literally, cut it out of your mind, let it be, get rid of it, it's not serving you. Instead, fill it with language that supports your outcome. I can do this. If I don't know how to do it yet, I will find a way. I have the ability, I am capable of doing this. Somebody knows how to do this, I will learn from them. There are people that I can reach out to. And if you don't know who to reach out to, please subscribe to this channel or go to tonywake.com, send me a message, follow me on Instagram, at the Tony Wake. There is somebody that can assist you. Myself and my team are always on standby. Find and follow people that you know can assist you in that regard. And then change your language. Because now you've changed your physiology, you've changed your language, and the third thing that you can change is change your focus. What are you choosing to focus on? Where attention goes, energy flows. And emotion is energy in motion. 
So where you're putting your attention, you're putting energy into, you're putting your emotions into. If I'm gonna keep focusing on something that's not serving me, and I keep making it bigger and bigger and stronger and more powerful and I give it more authority in my life, what is it gonna to do to me? It's going to drag me down because I'm feeding that thing my energy. It's gonna drain me and it's gonna get bigger. But if I focus on the good feelings, if I focus on a powerful idea and a powerful thought, I am capable. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at how, how good I am in specific areas in my life and look at how well I do these things. Look at all these situations and circumstances that I know that I know how to do these things effectively and efficiently and to a grander scale of anybody else. Looking at those things, now you're looking within. You're changing your focus from out there to in here. If you want, change your focus not only from in here but to up there focus on your creator. Sure, he's not up there, he's within you, he's within everything else, but seek him out. And when you do that, when you focus on where is the love coming from, where is God's essence really coming from? Is it from within me? Do I search it for it within the other person? Do I search for it within interactions, within life itself, within every breath that I take? Look for that and put your focus on that and just start paying attention and noticing what that will do to not only your emotions, but your behavior as well. Because we know how to take control of our emotions, we know how to take these emotions and these underlying beliefs and create a reality that we choose to live in. That no matter what occurs in life, we are in control, we choose our reality and which direction we go. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Mind Walker Method. Please leave a like below and hit that little bell icon so that you get updates when there are new episodes coming out. So thank you, be blessed, have a beautiful time, and I'll catch you next week on The Mind Walker Method.